Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad. Welcome to God's Acre on the go in this new year on New Year's Day. We're so glad to have you tuning in wherever you happen to be, wherever you're going. We're going to be looking at our memory verse today, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, where there's this encouragement from Paul to put away slander and malice and essentially meanness and to choose kindness, the way of tenderheartedness. So as we prepare for that, I invite you to listen to our anthem this morning, Lead Kindly Light. Remember not 
scripture passage today comes from the memory verse for the month Ephesians 4 verse 24 through chapter 5 verse 2. If you have your Bible in front of you I hope that you will look along with me and if not please listen. Put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor for we are all members of one body. If you anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the days of redemption. Friends, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Proverbs twenty nine eleven says, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, Love is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. And Rabbi Harold Kushner, the famous author, once wrote, Only God can give us credit for the angry words we did not speak. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, this morning you invite us into a somewhat difficult text. Some of us withdraw to cool off when we are angry. Some of us bite our lips when we are angry and try to control the words we utter. And some of us, some of us welcome anger like a contact sport. 
So wherever we are on the conflict spectrum, O Lord, speak to us of divine things, that we might be lifted above our daily struggles to see the life you envision for us. To that end, O God, I pray that you might pour through me the gift of preaching, that by some miracle of your grace, these words might somehow be transformed from ordinary words to life-giving, life-instructing words for us. And we know that they will, for we pray in your name. Amen. Did you know that there are more than 33,000 denominations of Christianity in the church? All of them started because people couldn't get along. One theologian notes that there are Northern Baptists, Southern Baptists, General Baptists, Particular Baptists, Seventh-day Baptists, Free Will Baptists, Two-Seed-in-the-Spirit Predestinarian Baptists. He also notes that a group broke off from the Church of God to form the True Church of God, and another group broke off from the True Church of God to form, you guessed it, the only True Church of God. What caused these divisions? It was unresolved anger. So whether we like to address it or not, anger is a real issue in our world, in our country, and most definitely in our relationships. I love the story about the man who's rescued from a desert island where he survived by himself for 15 years. Before leaving, he gives a tour to those on the rescue boat. This is my house and my bed. This over here is the restaurant where I ate my meals. And this, this, this is my church. One of the men asked, what's that building over there? The castaway said, ugh, that, that's where I used to go to church. Today, there are an estimated 2.2 billion Christians in the world, about one third of the planet. But in the beginning, there were only 12 disciples. And even the first disciples had trouble getting along. How do you deal with anger? That's the question we're looking at today. Ephesians 4.26 tells us, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. What? I can't hold a grudge? Why can't I let my anger simmer and boil? And what's wrong with complaining to my hairdresser, the bartender, my closest friends, about that incident that set me over the edge? carefully rehearsing the story so that I always come out the hero and the victim? The Bible shows us a better way. When handled correctly, anger dissipates. We go to the friend, the colleague, the loved one who has annoyed us or hurt us, and we address the issue privately in a loving way, and with God's grace, it's resolved, and our relationships become stronger for it. Here's the thing. If we don't handle anger correctly, it destroys us and those we love. If we harbor feelings of resentment, anger begins to eat us alive. And if we walk away, we never give the other person a chance to correct their behavior. If we blow up, we do untold damage to the situation. So how are we supposed to handle anger? Psychologist Carol Tavris author of the book, Anger, The Misunderstood Emotion, writes, 
Love cannot survive between people who care about each other unless they can control the words that come out of their mouths when they are angry. I'm going to say it again. Love cannot survive between people who care about each other unless they can control the words that come out of their mouths when they are angry. Everybody gets angry. The question is, what do we do with it? When I started this sermon, I thought it would be so much fun to compare pop psychology and the Bible, and it has been fun. I've learned that anger and fear are practically kissing cousins, setting off similar chemical reactions in the brain. When you are act when you're angry, your brain releases adrenaline and epinephrine, so you get a rush of energy. Your blood pressure rises. You begin to sweat. This is commonly referred to as the fight or flight reaction, so you can be ready to engage in an aggressive act and get away from the situation. You see, in the 1960s and the 1970s, there was a popular view among psychologists that unexpressed anger, bottled up anger, so to speak, gets stored away in some sort of psychological reservoir until one day, until one day it explodes like a rice cooker. Let it out, psychologists argue. Don't keep it in. Instead, get things off your chest. Blow off some steam. And people did. Out came the anger. People threw things, hit things, screamed obscenities, and vented. Well, not at my house. At my house, we were sent to our room until we cooled off. That's just the way it was. But psychologists realized that venting one's anger becomes self-reinforcing. In other words, the more you raise your voice and yell and hit and scream and punch, the more you want to do it again and again and again. And more importantly, all these years later, psychologists realize that there's a bigger problem with venting one's anger. Namely, other people don't like to be on the receiving end of an angry explosion. It's hurtful, traumatic, and damaging. Quite frankly, it simply isn't fun to be the recipient of someone else's anger. Parents who do not learn to control their anger wound up with children who repeat the pattern. Married couples who vent their anger do untold damage to their relationship, especially when they let angry words fly in the heat of an argument. If drugs and alcohol are involved, the mix is worse. And the next day, nobody talks about it. And anger in the workplace? Ugh, also dangerous. One boss was nicknamed Old Faithful, not for being reliable, but rather for blowing up at his staff so often. The FBI reports that there is one violent crime every 24 seconds, an aggravated assault every 48 seconds, and a murder every 23 minutes. Domestic violence is the top cause of visits to the emergency room for women. What is the root cause of all of these things? Anger. At least once a year, I reread the book, Words That Hurt, Words That Heal, by Rabbi Joseph Telishkin. In a chapter titled, Controlling Rage and Anger, 
Rabbi Talishkin quotes Dr. Stephen Marmer, a psychiatrist, who recommends that in dealing with anger, we should think in terms of four cascades of control, four steps of things that we can do to de-escalate things. These are the ways that we can gain control when somebody is angry. First, control your initial reaction. Second, control, control your initial response. Third, control your initial reaction to the other person's response. And fourth, control your succeeding reactions. You see, as we move through the four steps, our control grows. Even if you didn't control your initial reaction, you can still control your initial response. These are the things that we can do to de-escalate things when somebody is angry with us. So here's the truth. I really didn't want to preach this sermon. Everyone at one point or another has known someone with a short temper or a short fuse, and nobody talks about it. But it makes being in a relationship with that person, being in community together, very difficult, almost impossible. How we treat one another is the hallmark of who we are as Christians. John 13, 35 says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Friends, we don't talk enough about the hard stuff. But in 2023, I sure hope we will. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will you pray with me? As the dawn breaks on a new year, let us give thanks for all we hold dear, our health, our family, our friends. Let us release our grudges, our anger, our pain. Let us live each day in the most loving ways, in a God-conscious way, and let us serve all who are in need. Let us lead the world from darkness to light, from falsehood to truth, from wrong to right. Let us remember that we are all one, embracing all, loving and helping our neighbor. May your year be filled with peace, prosperity, and love. May God's blessings shower upon you and bestow upon you a bright and healthy and peaceful new year. O oh Lord, we lift up in our own congregation these names and those we pray silently. For Jim and Lavora da Costa, for John Bannigan, for the family of Jacob Diamond, cousin of Kirk Carr, who died at age 50 just before Christmas after a late diagnosis with ALS. For the family of Peter Genowine, who died on December 21st. For Debbie Shue's parents struggling after COVID. For Carl Hedrick's grandparents and his entire family as they care for his grandmother in hospice. And now we lift up before you those names of those we know best. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.